Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. Radio Network. Hey, what's up, you guys? What is going on, everybody? What up, fam? Hey, it's me. What up, oozes? What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Are you looking for a network that brings you all things pro wrestling? Then look no further. Wrestle Addict Radio brings you a varied source of wrestling content. What's going on, guys? This is Willie T. My name is Mr. Press. This is your resident smart slayer. Search for Wrestle Addict Radio on all major podcast platforms and be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy of the Kings of the Ring podcast and you are listening. And you're listening. And you're listening. And you are listening. And you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening. Come join the war each and every week as we fight to keep wrestling real. What's up, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Radio, 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 radio. Do I have everybody's attention now? Ladies and gentlemen. I have something to say! Hey, yo! Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the King Kong is climbing to the Empire State Building, but here comes the Calvary! Introducing first, from parts unknown, our resident Mark, Johnny Smart. Well, let me tell you something, brother! Next, coming down the aisle, the unstoppable force, the immovable object, Doc Haas. Haas. I can't help it. That I'm custom made. I can't help it that I look good, smell good, woo, can dance all night long. And here is your host, the baby face of podcasting, JC Bowles. You know what? You just made the list. Elizabeth, go right now, go and left. Can I ask a question, Macho Man? You're listening to the fourth wall wrestlecast. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. Wall. And what up, fam? Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Welcome to the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. You can check us out right here every Saturday on the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. We are available on all major podcast platforms. That's Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and so much more. So be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and never miss out on your weekly dose of K-Fabe consumption. Joining me today is the Martha to my Stewart. Get it? Martha Hart, Stewart Hart. Aha. Introduce, ladies and gentlemen, the third man of the fourth wall WrestleCast. Give it up for Johnny Smarks. Yo, am I elusive now? You. I'm elusive. Elusive. I apologize, fam. It's been a busy fucking summer. But I still. Busy for all of us. It has. It's been rough, actually. It's been a rough, rough few months for all of us. Bones, uh. 
we both uh, we're both band nerds. We both uh, both did some band camps. We we did some band camps this summer. That's right. We both had a long week of band camp. I got to work a band camp with you for the first time last week. That was awesome. Day, My kids love day. you, by the way. That's awesome. I appreciate that. You got some really good kids over there. Yeah, man. So, They're good. Well, hey, man, I'm just glad that we are still able to find time to talk wrestling together. And yeah, this is my second time today. I got a couple kids that are so into it. And as yeah. soon as I walked into the school, they're like, did you see? Did you see? Of course, they're talking about a certain engagement. I'm like, yes, I saw. Yep. Everyone saw. Everyone knows about Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins are engaged to get married. No one saw that coming. At least not this soon. I, I didn't. But Lynch uh, did announce on social media about the engagement. As she quote, it was the happiest day of my life for the rest of my life. Isn't that fucking adorable? Mm. You know, ladies and gentlemen, you're actually listening to part one of a two-part episode uh, here at the fourth wall. So I'm going to save Doc's comments about their engagement uh, for my oh, for man. The second part when I speak with Doc. Oh, man. Dude, Doc was going off last night. That he was, was pissed, hysterical. huh? I, I screenshotted that, that whole conversation, so uh, fam, you'll have the opportunity to listen to that a little bit later on in the episode. But, Smarky, let's get right into our topics today. First, I want to talk about AAA invading New York live at Madison Square Garden September 15th is no longer being held at Madison Square Garden. It will be held at the Hulu Theater at Madison Square Garden, which is adjacent to the garden itself. It's a smaller arena, only seating about 5,000 fans. Now, I know this was an agreement between MSG and AAA. Johnny, do you think that their ticket sales, when they, since they went on sale back on Cinco de Mayo, have not been what they, were, what they forecasted originally? Yeah, I'm going to go with that the sales didn't, didn't really go where they thought. Um, maybe lack of advertising, maybe lack of just people not being familiar with the product. But I'll be honest with you, 5,000-seat arena, I mean, most indie shows aren't in arenas that big. Right. And NXT's not in arenas that big unless it's on a pay-per-view, like one of the big four weekends, you know what I mean? So 5,000 seats, if if they sell it out, that's a huge crowd. I get it. It's not Mexico-sized crowds because, you know, in Mexico, uh, AAA is – huge there but right. you know first time around five thousand people i don't see a problem yeah i don't think i mean i don't think they, they expected to sell out ten thousand in their first show like they did it all in but uh, I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't know i'm actually curious now what what they were what they were projecting their ticket sales to be originally so listen i can't really compare AEW with All In and Triple A. AEW was running on a lot of hype of well-known wrestlers, True. right? True. Triple A, you have some people that real wrestling fans know, like everyone knows who Tessa Blanchard is. If you are into the indie scene, right? You know, I mean, Impact to me is is still an independent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people know who the Lucha Brothers are because of. Lucha Underground, but if you don't know that Lucha Underground used to be on Netflix or don't know where to find, you know, AEW stuff, because I mean they're on AEW now. Right. 
you don't you don't know anyone from or Drago. I'm sorry, you know Drago to Lucha Underground or Aerostar. But anyways, but Phoenix like Phoenix and Pentagon and Pentagon. Yeah, yeah. 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 Aerostar is the the other guy He's with the, the LEDs because that's the cool thing to do mask. now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Lucha Door with a mask. Never heard that. Um, <laughs> but like, I I can't really compare the two. You know, they were running a hype. And I think AAA is running this on bringing the tradition to America, and I, I'm super excited because I love I love luchadora wrestling. I love the style. I always have, but you know, to the general public, who's going to know? It's going to be a bunch of. I don't even think you know. I know they're doing it on on Independence Day, and you know they. It released the tickets on Cinco de Mayo to try to get the Latino crowd there or Mexican crowd. My apologies, um, but I don't think that's who the, who's going to come to the show. I think it's going to be five thousand fat, ugly, sweaty, independent professional wrestling. Yes, I just called us all fat, sweaty, and ugly. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you could repeat that, Smarky, because your microphone was cutting out because your internet sucks. Oh, the whole thing? Just say the whole fat, smelly thing. I want, I want to make sure I record you saying that we're all fat and smelly. Fat, smelly, and ugly wrestling <laughs> fans, except for anyone that records on the Fourth Wall Radio Network. There you go. <laughs> and WrestleAtic Radio. We're all beautiful people. I do agree with you. It's definitely going to attract you know the, the, the indie marks, especially now that everyone who is an AEW fan knows that AEW and AAA have a working relationship. It's mm-hmm. it's like a guarantee we're going to see AEW wrestlers at this event. Uh, and we're going. Tour. We're going to be there. So, I mean, right. like, it's going to be a great event. Mm-hmm. But I, I think maybe this is a better move. I, I, I really do. Yeah, I, I, I think so. agree with this. I think this is a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. And... I'm I'm super excited, and you know if you think about it, last time we saw anything from AAA, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe we, the last time we saw anything big from AAA, from AAA in America was Royal Rumble '97. Think about that. That's when all the oh. AAA wrestlers were um, were in the Royal Rumble. That's right. Yes. That I, I as far as I remember, that's the last time I've heard of remember anything from AAA in America. Did AAA have anything to do with WCW, though? Didn't they have a working relationship, too? Now, see, I'm not going to lie to you. We all know this. Oh, yeah. I don't know you my know, WCW history. But if you think about it, I mean, I mean there was only four wrestlers um, from AAA. I mean, it was uh, Peroth. I'm probably saying that wrong. Mil Mascaris. Um, no, Mascaras. 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 Uh, Cybernetico and uh, Latin Lover, who I don't, I don't even remember Latin Lover. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I don't even know who this guy is. I know who Cybernetico and, and uh, of course, Mill. Everyone knows Mill. Yep. Um, but I, I, yeah, you know, I think this might have been the last time. Who well, knows? So far, man. Uh, now that AAA is finally back in the states, uh, and they're going to have this event. In September, they already announced two matches so far. Uh, one match is going to be Blue Demon Jr. taking on Dr. Wagner Jr. That's a, an awesome match. In a mask versus hair match. I feel like that's a very uh, typical Lucha, uh, Lucha Libre stipulation. Mm-hmm. Mask versus mask, mask versus hair, stuff like that. And the other match is 
<clears throat> Taya Valkyrie versus Tessa Blanchard for the Reina de Reinas title. See? That's an exciting match. I mean, that, both of those yeah. are exciting matches. But Taya and Tessa can throw down any time. They, in my opinion, are two of the, if not the greatest women wrestlers right now mm-hmm. in the world. And I know people will fight with me that there's another one that is just as good. But uh, I tend to disagree. Well, Charlotte Flair, because she did just beat Trish Stratus. Yeah, well, I mean, cool. And, and obviously the other person is Ruby Riot. Yeah, is she back from injury? No, she just got done with her second shoulder surgery a couple weeks ago. Uh, no ETA on when her return will be, but probably looks like she'll be around sometime around the Rumble. She'll be uh, returning. Cool. That's cool. I, I do like I do like her. I know everyone gets on you because of her, but I think she's a great wrestler. I think so too. I, I think uh, she needs to get back like soon, especially now with the uh, the makeover the women's division is making. Right now, especially now with the return of Sasha Banks. Uh, you know, this isn't one of our topics, but speaking of of the women, have you noticed that like the women's division in WWE is pretty much run by the four horsewomen right now? Yes. You got Sasha yes. Becky on Raw. You got Bailey and Charlotte on Run SmackDown, all fighting for the title. It's very interesting. It's just yeah. it always comes back to this. I would love to always have. Come back to this. And then you know we're talking about those those four women's wrestlers in WWE, four top stars. You got Taya Valkyrie and Tessa Blanchard doing their thing in Impact, AEW, whatever the hell they're doing, AAA. Man, women's wrestling. Fucking A, dude. There was so much good women's wrestling. And and the good thing about AAA coming to America, AEW going to be live on TV soon, we're going to have uh, the option, the, the accessibility to watch so much more of this good women's wrestling on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Dude, could you imagine if it's never going to happen? I, I don't think it's ever going to happen. But, I mean, she is super young. Tess is only 24 years old. So, can you imagine... Um, Tessa coming into it and getting like a real four horse woman. <clears throat> that that's what I want. Tessa I don't understand why and Charlotte her and Charlotte yes. and Becky and Becky and then who and would you who would the fourth be? I I would say Sasha. I don't, I don't, I don't think Sasha no. is up there with any of them. I don't think I don't Hon- think Bailey is either. No, you know who I honestly think would do it because I think she's a great heel when she actually gets to be a heel. Ruby Riot. No. Who. Naya, no. Oh, although oh, Naya would be a great choice too. Sonia Deville. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely, definitely see that. Ooh, Sonya I mean, Deville. once they get done with this, once they get done with this relationship angle, I don't know. They're building towards it, a relationship angle between her and Mandy. Her and Mandy, yeah. Have you noticed it on TV lately? Of course, I have. Yeah. I get it. That's pretty cool. But yeah, I think that, dude, those are my four horsewomen. If it ever happened. Sonia, that's, that's an interesting take right there, Smarky. Thank you for sharing that with us and the fourth wall fam. Sonia is the Art Anderson. Of the- right? <laughs> dude, I, I, I like that, man. Uh, you know what else I like? What do you like? I, I'm, I'm pretty hyped for the uh, long-awaited return. Oh, boy. I know it's coming. Of the XFL. Are you? Ladies and gentlemen, this is the XFL! 
I mean, not really, considering it was a flop the first time around. But I'm excited to see uh, what Vince has up his sleeves on the second round now and see what kind of uh, draw this brings. Now, here's, here's my thing. Um, I'm, I'm just kind of looking this up because last time the XFL was around, I, I mean, I think actually both of us were in high school. Or you had just graduated high school, I, I think. It was uh, 2000, 2001. 2001. 2001. Like, just graduated. So the Los Angeles Extreme, in their only season, are their champion. Now, to say I'm excited would be an overstatement. Um, but I will tell you that I am a little more intrigued this time around. Um, you know, with the second coming, there's... You know some really cool teams, and uh, I, the logos I think all look great. Um, yeah, I think, yeah. I think the New York one looks great. So let's go down the list of the teams that have been announced. First, we have the St. Louis Battle Hawks. Pretty badass name. I like that. Tampa Bay I like Vipers. Can we uh, probably have a picture of Randy Orton on their helmets? <laughs> the New York. No, dude. Their what? their logo is actually probably my favorite. I did. Lo- I do like that logo the best. Two out of all of them. The V that looks like a snake eye. Uh, the New York Guardians, which is a cool, is cool. I kind of do miss the New York New Jersey Hitmen. I mean, you know what would have been cool mm. if they if they figure out a way to lease like old old sports team names. Titans of New York, dude. How cool would that be? That'd be that'd be cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. You know what else? What's actually another interesting name we hear? We got the Seattle Dragons. Yeah, I like that one too. Seattle Dragons. It's an interesting combination there. Uh, then we have the LA Wildcats, the DC Defenders. I like that one. The Houston Roughnecks, not the Houston Rednecks, the Houston Roughnecks, and the Dallas Renegades. So those are your eight teams that have been announced for the 2020 XFL season. You know what's interesting? Did you take a look at the Houston logo? It looks like the old Oilers logo. Yes, with the the tower. I I saw the same thing when I saw that. Yeah, and there is actually a ninth team. Um, it's a practice squad that is based in uh, looks like Frisco, Texas. Okay. Um, and that it seems like that's going to be a practice squad. But listen, I'm, I'm looking at this now. I'm looking at the size of some of these stadiums. Some of them are small. Like Dallas is super small. Um, DC's is, is very small, 20,000 people. Mm-hmm. But some of these are big stadiums. New York, I mean, New York's playing at MetLife. Yeah, I dude, I saw that too. I saw MetLife. Yeah. And I mean, listen, and, and, and because MetLife is in our backyard, I'd be down to go to a couple show, uh, a couple games. I mean, I, I would go too. I mean, some of these, that's the biggest stadium. Obviously, that one holds 82.5. Right. Um, St. Louis and Tampa Bay and Seattle Dragons are in the 60s. Uh, Seattle's almost at 70,000 people. It's where the uh, Seahawks and the Sounders play. Right. Um, the Battlehawks Stadium, the Dome at the America Center, they're the only ones there. But it's a sixty, almost 67,000-person stadium. Wow. Tampa Bay, I mean, Tampa Bay's playing where the Buccaneers play. So, I mean, some of these stadiums are huge. Are any of these stadiums stadiums that have been used for WWE pay-per-views before? Isn't Tampa being used for... 
WrestleMania uh, next year? Is it the Tampa Bay Buccaneers stadium? Same stadium? I, I'm assuming so. Yeah. Players getting paid pennies, by the way, compared to the uh, to the um, NFL. Tier one players get twenty five to sixty thousand. Tier two is fifteen to seventeen five. Tier wow. three six to ten. Tier four five to six thousand per game per game. Okay, okay. All right, John. Listen, we're going to take a quick break, and fam, when we come back, we want to talk about the unfortunate injury of John Moxley, and then we're going oh, to no. talk about the Wednesday Night Wars and why Smarky thinks it's all a work. Work, 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 work. Fam, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. What is going on, everybody? This is your resident Universal Royalty King, Ricky Rose, speaking. And if you like what you're listening to right now, I want to invite you guys to check out my wrestling show, The Kings of the Rings Podcast, coming out with a new episode each and every Friday right here on Wrestle Addict Radio. You don't want to miss it. What up, Ooses? This is DFDC Jeff Pomaggio of Not Your Mama Soap Opera, and you're listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. And we're back. So, Smarky, I want to talk Ooh. about our good friend, John Moxley. Oh, this uh, guy. We have heard some unfortunate news that he is going to have to miss his match against Kenny Omega at AEW's All Out pay-per-view because of a serious case of MRSA that has returned to his elbow. Uh, Moxley tweeted, I'm absolutely gutted to have to deliver this news, but I'd rather it come directly from me. In a nightmare scenario, a serious case of MRSA has returned in my elbow. The timing couldn't be worse. In this circumstance, I am forced to pull out of the fight on August 31st versus Kenny Omega at All Out. Mm-hmm. Now, while that is unfortunate, especially this soon after Moxley's rise on the independent scene, we do have a really good replacement for Moxley, and Pac will be finally making his ah. uh, debut on AEW television, well, AEW, at an AEW event, I should say. So Pac will be mm-hmm. taking on Kenny Omega in a one-on-one match at AEW's All Out. That's pretty fucking exciting. I'm pretty excited yeah. to see Pac and Omega. They're going to put on a fucking great match. Nothing, you know, nothing ending away from what Moxley could have done, but Pac and Omega, whew, the shit they're going to do, man. So do we, we definitely know Pac is yep. the replacement. This is happening. I've already seen it all over the internet. Yep. That's awesome. If I think Pac's Moxley is going to be great. Yeah, I mean, everything. Right. I said Pac's Moxley. Pac's um, Moxley. I think... Pac Omega is going to be a great match. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be That's insane. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm just reading up on the injury, and, and you know, it says in the second sweet uh, tweet. I almost said sweet. Look, second sweet. Gustav Holtz, Bang Geek. Anyways, um, <laughs> I'll have surgery this week to remove the bursa sack in my elbow. I'll be done with it for good. Should be a quick recovery, and I shall be 100% for AEW Wednesday nights on TNT. So this is very interesting. Um, they're just going to remove the bursa sack in his elbow. I didn't know you could do that. So this is a, uh, this is good for him. I mean, it sucks that he has MRSA uh, again, right? But you know, but it's good that that it's gonna be an easy fix and he'll be able to get back to it right away. So. Agreed, agreed. No, so real quick, uh, unfortunately, there was another injury from one Rowdy Ronda Rousey. 
and it was oh. a fucking nasty injury, dude. Her, if if you have not seen the pictures, you got to check it out on her Instagram, I believe. But Ronda uh, injured uh, two of her fingers, or maybe one. No, finger just and one. One tip of another finger. Yeah. While she was on a video shoot, well, not video shoot. Uh, she was on set for the nine one one show on Fox TV, and according to uh, a, a message from Rhonda, in a freak accident uh, during the first take of the day, a boat door fell on her on my hand. I thought I just jammed my fingers, so I finished the take before looking. I know it sounds crazy, but I'm used to live audiences and never showing pain unless I'm supposed to. She's so tough. Toughest woman on the planet. Yeah. After a break in the action, I told our director the situation and was rushed via ambulance to the hospital where they promptly uh, reattached my bone and tendon with a plate and screws. I returned to filming the next day and finished my scenes before returning home to recover. Modern medicine. What a badass. Right? Right? Oh, my God. I'm telling you, you got to go back and look at these pictures if you haven't seen the pictures yet. And then go back and vomit this, this tweet from her. Well, first you're going to vomit. Um... But then she goes on to say, modern medicine amazes me. I already had 50% range of motion. I already have 50% range of motion back in only three days. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures of it sewn up. It, does, it looks like it's just a cut now. Yeah. Um, it is, it's a brutal injury. I remember looking at it. Um, I think what's crazy about it is that she kept going. Right. <clears throat> How Tell insane is that? woman on the planet, bro. Yeah. Toughest yeah. woman on the planet. Oh, so, man. Smarky, let's get into the meat and potatoes of today's show. Mm-hmm. Let's discuss NXT NXT's move to USA, which is going to be airing two weeks before the inaugural debut episode of AEW's. Um, what is their show called? Wednesday Night Dynamite, I believe. Something like that. Um, on TNT. So, now that we have two promotions, two different wrestling promotions, having a televised TV show on the same night, that right off the bat means it's going to be the Wednesday Night Wars. Now, before we talk about if it's a work or not, I know, Johnny, you have some thoughts on that. I want to talk about the Wednesday Night Wars in general. When, you know... Myself, you, Doc, other members of the WrestleAds Radio Network, we were all fortunate enough to grow up and live during the Monday Night Wars. Uh, Johnny, I know you weren't a WCW guy, but myself, Doc, we were the ones that we were flipping channels every Monday. It was Raw or Nitro, Raw or Nitro. Thursdays, it was Thunder or SmackDown, Thunder or SmackDown. We Mm -hmm. spent years, years doing that, going back and forth because we... We were invested in both promotions. Now, the war that began between the two shows was the ratings war. That's how the whole war started. All right, It wasn't a matter of, I like my product better than yours. It's, no, look at how much more ratings my product is getting than yours. It was all mm-hmm. a ratings war. With nowadays DVR being a thing, what are your thoughts on this, John? Do you think we're going... AEW or NXT is going to draw a big live uh, live viewership every week. Uh, I do. Um, I think 
uh, we're going to see a lot of people switching back and forth again, and not because of ratings. I don't think it's going to be because of ratings this time. I don't know how you feel about this, but I don't think it's going to be the war is going to be about ratings. I think the war now is going to be about who has the better quality product. Because what I do know about WCW and WWE, I know we were in the Attitude Era. But other than that, I mean, product-wise, both were, you know, okay. (laughs) I mean, there's some great stuff, but I think now, you know, the quality of wrestling has even gone up. The quality of wrestling has gone up compared to what it was back then during the Monday Night Wars. Monday Night Wars back then was trying to really bridge the gap between kayfabe and and breaking that fourth wall, trying to add reality into it. You know, mm-hmm. hence the introduction of the Outsiders, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, formerly mm-hmm. known as Diesel and Razor Ramon, right? Um, I, I do agree that the uh, quality of wrestling, quality of performance is going to be leaps and bounds further uh, advanced where they were back in the Monday Night Wars. But let's look at the two competing shows. We have NXT and AEW. Both shows, in my opinion, are pretty comparable in terms of wrestling style and character development and characters and storytelling. I need to get on my soapbox here a little bit. I do not believe moving NXT to the USA is a good idea. I don't. Okay. I mean, it's cool. It's going to be two hours now. But for someone who subscribes to Network, I mean, that was something that was for us. And it was cool that like other people are now, or it's cool that other people are going to see it now. But I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think it's a good idea. Let, let me pose this question to you: Is this going to become? Is this going to help NXT become a third brand, a third main brand for WWE, or is it still going to re- remain as the developmental system? I mean, it, it's definitely still the developmental system, but I think it already is the the third brand. I think it's been a third brand for a long time. I do, but it's still not on that same that same pedestal as Raw or SmackDown. Even I think now with no now here's my, here's my concern with NXT going to USA. NXT goes to USA. Vince McMahon's gonna have his thumb on this product, on this brand as well. And that's the problem, and that is why I do not think it is a good idea. Triple H has been doing a great job down there with William Regal and all of his trainers. Right. I love Vince to death. Vince is the reason we are all fans. Vince is the reason why most of us have podcasts to talk about wrestling. Yeah, yeah. So, but Vince has has a way he sees product. Right. Right. He see he knows what he wants the product to be, and my Siri just went off. Um, I just it, it it's not in line with Triple H's vision. I and I just don't want to see, you know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm really worried I, that I'm, I'm just so at odds with this whole thing. I'm I'm worried that Vince is going to have his hands on it, and he's going to. He, he's going to undo a lot of the good that Triple H has done. Now, it has been noti- noted that uh, NXT will continue to take place at Full Sail University. That's great. I think it's great for fans like us who like that vibe, that environment, you know, that live show feel when you watch NXT. 
But mm-hmm. now let's look at the the wrestling fans, whether they're casual fans, hardcore fans that are tuning in on Wednesday nights. Now they mm-hmm. have an option. Either I watch AEW or I watch NXT. If I've never seen either before, I want to go to NXT. I'm going to see a small arena. I believe Full Sail only seats about 800 people, tops, right? Yeah, it's, so it's very So in terms small. of them selling tickets, selling out, I don't think that's going to be a problem. That, that place sells out for their no. tapings within two days. Um, mm-hmm. But now I, I'm, I'm that same fan. I'm, sw- I'm watching NXT in this small stadium, 800 people. It's very dark over, over the, uh, the, the, the crowd seats. There's really no big Titantron. There's no big pyro and, and big production of, of the show. And then I'm going to go over to AEW, who are going to be performing in bigger arenas, probably with a Titantron-style mm. screen yeah. in the back and more production, lights and pyro and fireworks and shit like that. You know, a la early days of WCW, sort of every every Nitro was a fucking fireworks show, you know. Mm-hmm. So from the from that fan's perspective, who doesn't know either one, they're going to be they're going to be more drawn to AEW because of all of the all the bells and whistles that AEW is bringing to the table. Um, but the majority of the fan base here is going to be the like you said earlier, it's going to be the indie marks. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to enjoy it either way. And it's really hard for me to say who which show is going to get more of the live viewership. I tend to think, though, it's AEW because... We all have the network, and we can go watch exactly. it the next day. And people have already seen NXT even before NXT was on the network. It used mm-hmm. to be on Hulu. People would watch it on Hulu. People watch it on the network. So we've seen it before. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think NXT moving to USA is a reaction to AEW moving to Wednesdays? Oh, absolutely. Come on. If you don't see that, I think you're, you're living under a rock and you're a mark. I also think, though, t- that timing could be a coincidence because if we remember, I believe it was earlier this year, we did have an episode of NXT on USA. Did we? Yes, we did. We You're did. right. And it, it it does pose a question. Was that a trial? Were they already in talks of making this happen? They already have this relationship with NBC Studios, you know, so, and they already know, hey, listen, we're losing SmackDown because you got this deal with Fox, so you got to give us NXT. Okay, that's cool. I think the timeline was moved up because of AEW. I could agree with that. Also, and here it comes. This, are you ready? I'm ready. This is all work. This is what I was waiting for. Please, Smarky, you have the floor. Elaborate. This is all work. What what else? If you do not see this, you're going to... I'm just going to say I told you so. Do I really need to explain why this is a work? Yes, you do. Inquiring minds want to know. Okay, fine. Who is Cody Rose's brother? Dustin Rhodes. Otherwise known as? Goldust. Who spent how many years in WWF and E? 20? 
Something like that. Something like 20 years. Who is both of those men's fathers? Dusty Rhodes. The American The American dream. dream, Dusty Rhodes. American dream. Anyways, listen. Check this out. Dusty Rhodes and Vince were very close. Right. Dusty Rhodes, for those of you who don't know, and if you don't know this, you need to go read up on your wrestling. Dusty Rhodes pretty much started NXT when it switched over from FCW. Mm-hmm. It was in my from what I've read, it is Dusty Rhodes and Steve Kern. Right? Skinner and the American Dream. Now, Bones. What is the name of the tag team tournament on NXT? Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. So if you have an event named after one of the greatest wrestling personalities of all time, Mm -hmm. who was your very close friend if you're Vince McMahon, at least this is what I get out of it, you have their children running a... uh, Running a, a promotion, right? Got big TV time. Ran a big event where they sold 10,000 seats in how long? It, it sold out in what? 15 seconds or something like that? It was uh, 28 minutes, I believe. 28 minutes. Oh, I don't know where I got 15 seconds. A little more that. than 15 seconds. <laughs> Whatever. Still. I, I think Vince McMahon is payroll in this whole fucking thing. Wow. That's interesting. Silent investor. Uh, You know why? Because Vince McMahon loves competition. So he's going to fund this fucking thing. And controversy creates cash. (sighs) Work, 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 work. This is a work, 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 work. It's really funny you mention that because that, honestly, I usually always think anything that happens in wrestling could be a work. It didn't even cross my mind about this. Um, but now that you say it, it is opening up my eyes a little bit more. So I <coughs> tend to see why this might might potentially be a work. Now let's see. I'm gonna go through this list uh, of their roster: Adam Page, WWE had interest, and and Elico, Angelico, whatever you want to call him. Angelico. I know. Lucha Underground, Brandon Cutler, all right? Chris Jericho. Hmm. How long was he in WWE? And WCW. And WCW. Right. Christopher Daniels should have been a WWE star. Chuck Taylor, I think, was at one point, wasn't he? Oof, I don't know. Seema's awesome. Cody, oh. How about this young guy, Darby Allen? Perfect little guy for 205 Live. Hmm. Lucha Brothers, I'm going to leave out of this. Dustin Rhodes, going to leave out of this. Frankie Kazarian, should have been in WWE. Jack Evans, don't know anything about him yet. Jimmy Havoc, perfect character for NXT. Joey Janela, the next you're gonna think I'm nuts. Joey Janela is the next Mick Foley. No, I no, I don't think you're nuts at all. I don't think you're that far off. John Moxley is a complete work. Um, Jungle oh Boy. Jungle Boy is 205 lives. He's gonna be a 205 live champion. Kenny Omega, how many times has Vince tried to get him? From what we've read, a lot. Yep. Luchasaurus, come on. 
How many t-shirts of this man are you going to sell if you're in WWE? I fucking love me some Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, man. A boy and his dinosaur. Boy and his dinosaur. I fucking love that. I think they're one of the greatest tag teams around right now. I don't know who Kip Sabian and Marco Stunt are yet. I have to do some... uh, some uh, reading up on them. Uh, can we? Do we even really need to talk about the Young Bucks, the greatest tag team yeah. of all time, it, of this day? Not of all time. I'm sorry. Of of this current of era. This era. Yeah. MJF. Are you kidding me? Could you imagine a tag team? Now this is going to be a little weird. Of MJF and the Miz. Oh, I love that. That would that would be a great pairing. By the way. I'm MJF's biggest fan. I am from I am Salted Earth as well. And I know he doesn't listen to this podcast. He's he's too bougie for this. But um MJF, call me dude. I'll be your best friend too. Michael Nakazawa, don't know much about. Orange Cassidy, don't know much about. Pac. Mm, I know that was a weird one. That was probably a bad uh used to be known as Neville. Yeah. Mm, private party. The independence version of the Street Profits. Ooh, oh god, I'm gonna get my ass beat. I should stop this. Uh, some of these other guys, I really don't know, so I don't want to comment on them. But Scorpio Sky, oh my god, dude's perfect. Right. Sean Spears never had a really good chance in WWE, but now, oh my god, this character that he's got, oh, it's great. And uh, Sean Spears also was in NXT with Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes was still around. Hmm. Uh, Sunny Kiss? Are you kidding me? Sunny Kiss would be great. Mm-hmm. The next Orlando Jordan, in my opinion. Dark Order? Dark Order versus War Machine. Yeah. And Trent? Trent Barretta did not have a good run. Do I even need to get into the women? All these women would kick the ass of most of the women in WWE. So pretty much you're saying that that besides it being a work, it's almost like they're using AEW as, a, as another feeding ground. For yep, yep. WWE, Britt Baker. Interesting. Oh my God! Adam Cole is already over in NXT. And yeah, the current NXT champion. Yeah. Um. Awesome Kong. Come on, she already had a bit of a run. Right. I think Allie would be great there. Uh, Brandy, of course. I think she's a great wrestler. Kylie Ray. Come on. Yeah. I think the one, the one here that I really want to focus on because I love her story. Is Nyla Rose? You want she, to talk about inclusion? She she would break boundaries in the WWE. She would do she would work, do wonders for that women's division. Have you seen her wrestle? Yeah. Holy Fucking shit! Beast. Yeah. No pun intended. Right. But Nyla, you are amazing. Keep doing what you're doing, girl. It's a work. It's all a work. These are all. This is. I'm sorry. I'm wrong. I know I'm wrong. I know I'm just making this shit up in my head, but it's a work. Doc's going to have a field day with this. I know. I, I cannot wait to tell him what your thoughts are on this, but I don't know. I, 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 you're opening up my eyes, but from living through the Monday Night Wars with WCW and everything, that happened. Obviously, we got to witness it all organically, right? The whole mm-hmm. thing unraveled organically. Mm-hmm. With the AEW thing now, I do feel like this. I think I think this is why the, the marks the marks probably got this all in our heads. It's the marks who started the whole. Oh, AEW is going to have a TV show, and I was going to be like the new Monday Night Wars. 
before we even no, knew anything about it. No, it's not going to be. It's I, not going to be. It's almost like they are trying to portray it as it's going to be this big Monday Night Wars, but I feel like a lot of what has happened has happened in a faster amount of time than things happened in the actual Monday Night Wars, where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I, um, it's like they're trying to strategically place these these memorable moments during this period of AEW coming out and the, excuse me, WWE kind of being in limbo over the, I'd say, past year or so, right? We could all agree that WWE's had its ups and down points over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. So... It's almost like they're trying to they're trying to create the Monday Night Wars by making certain things happen. Like, okay, TV time. Now let's move NXT to that same thing. Let's make sure Cody smashes the throne at the um, what the hell was it? Double or nothing. You know, shots fired at Triple H. Okay, let's let, let's let's start to rub the sticks together and start a fucking fire. Mm-hmm. Come on. So. Most of these wrestlers have connections to WWE. I'm just reading, like, I'm, I'm doing this because, you know, I do my information and I read up as we're going when it's the three of us, you know, that's what I'm usually doing. I'm a right. fact checker. Christopher Daniels was in WWE. Right. 1998 to 2001. WCW, wasn't he? And WCW, yeah. yeah. He went to WCW after WWE, after. which, uh, that's kind of weird. But anyways, um, oh, I forgot he was Dose with Dose. <laughs> Do you remember that? Wait, Los Conquistadors? He? he was Dos, Uno and Dos. Oh, no shit. With the Edge and Christian uh, Conquistadors. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> awesome. I, did, I had no idea he was one of them. Oh, my God. That's awesome. So, Man. listen. I, I, I know I'm wrong. I know I'm just making this shit up to fuel a fire. But is it really out of the ordinary? Like, or out of the question? I mean, look, even the trainers. Like, you have Jerry Lynn... And excuse me, and Billy Gunn. Yep. The only person here that would be weird is Earl Hebner because I know he had a really bad falling out. Right, which he did. He was selling stuff, I think, if I remember correctly. Very, very interesting take, Johnny. Thank you for uh, bringing that to the table. You really, now, now you really got me thinking too. But I no, think man, it's all. I just made some mad. I think this whole Wednesday night thing is. There's so much good that can come out of it, and there potentially could be some bad that comes out of this, too. I know a lot of people do think it's it's stupid that NXT is making the move to USA. For the, a few of the reasons that we mentioned, Vince McMahon's going to have his thumbprint on it. Uh, it's just going to be more content for us to watch each and every week. Now, you know, they're adding an hour. I was always a proponent of adding an hour to NXT anyway. <clears throat> but... yeah. Yeah, I like the hour show. Yeah, whatever. Well, hey, that'll be here before you know it. Uh, the NXT is going to premiere on USA starting on September 18th. They're going to run from 8 o'clock to 10 p.m., which mm-hmm. is the same time slot as AEW's Wednesday Night Dynamite when that starts two weeks later. So that's all the time we have. For part yeah, one, we're beat, man. Part we're beat. one of episode thirty-nine, we're going to have a special super show for you uh, tomorrow morning because we're doing this very late Friday night. So be prepared, fam, and uh, please enjoy the episode. Let us know what you guys think. You're so, gonna think that Smirky's crazy. 
I'm interested to see what people have to say about about your your take on the Wednesday Night Wars. They're gonna think I'm crazy. I think I'm gonna put a poll out after after the show. No, this weekend. don't do it. Put don't a, do it. Put a Saturday night of uh, a Saturday night poll. Wow, a Saturday night poll, a uh, Twitter poll out on Monday, maybe after the show releases. See what they think. Is the Wednesday Night Wars a worth? Yes or no? All right. We'll just, just see it. what happens. So anyway, that's all the time we have for today. I'm going to save all my plugs for later after Doc and I have our talks. Except for me. You can find me on Twitter at Johnny Smirkslot. I promise to start using Twitter more. I'm, maybe I'm old and I just don't get it, but I got to start using it more. I'm pretty sure you've said that before and you told the listeners you would and you haven't yet. Well... I don't, I don't know what to tell you. <clears throat> Just saying. Stop teaching so much marching band and fucking play on Twitter more. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> All right. Well, Johnny, hey, thank you, man, again for uh, for chatting and bringing these uh, interesting interesting takes. Work, 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 work. So on that note, fam, don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back after a quick break. And I'm going to introduce to you the one and the only Fourth Wall's resident good doctor prescribing your fill of kayfabe consumption each and every week. So stay tuned, fam, for the Smart Slayer, Doc Haas. Really? Yeah, he's the Smart Slayer. He's the self-proclaimed Smart Slayer. Yeah, I know. And you just happen to be the Smart. The resident Smart of the Fourth Wall. You're right. You're right. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. Radio Network. Hey, what's up, you guys? What is going on, everybody? What up, fam? Hey, it's me. What up, oozes? What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Are you looking for a network that brings you all things pro wrestling? Then look no further. Wrestle Addict Radio brings you a varied source of wrestling content. What's going on, guys? This is Willie King. My name is Mr. Pratt. This is your resident smart slayer. Search for Wrestle Ads Radio on all major podcast platforms and be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy of the Kings of the Ring podcast and you are listening. And you're listening. And you're listening. And you are listening. And you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening. Come join the war each and every week as we fight to keep wrestling real. What's up, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Radio, 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 radio. And welcome back, fam, to part two of episode 39. I am now accompanied by Fourth Wall's resident good doctor, who is the one who fills your prescription every week for kayfabe consumption. Ladies and gentlemen, the Smark Slayer, Doc Haas. Hello, 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 hello. How are you today? Oh, we are we are lovely. I love how when the Smark Slayer shows up, the Smark runs and he leaves. Well, it's because I slay. He's scared. You slay exactly. So it he's, makes sense. He's, inti- <clears throat> he's intimidated. By, he's intimidated by my gimmickness. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Doc, let's get right into it. Uh, let's talk about XFL. Smarky and I spoke about this a little bit earlier. Since you are more of the football fan of the group, I want to have your take on it. 
Uh, have you already seen the reveal of the logos or heard any of the new team names? Oh, yeah. They're straight out of the 1987 Vince McMahon playbook. Um, think of the cheesiest, most stereotypical names ever and name your teams that. Let's go start with uh, the Dallas Renegades as opposed to the Dallas Cowboys. It's just like the cheesy way to say cowboy. The Houston Roughnecks, the logo is legitimately a direct ripoff of the old Houston Oilers, who are now the Tennessee Titans in the NFL. Yo, yo, yep, John Smarky and I said the same thing. That's legitimately the Houston Oilers logo. And the that's the Houston Oilers logo in the Houston Texans colors. Mm-hmm. Just to throw that out there for, for everybody. Uh, the L.A. So now you, oh, this is a good one. I like this. Guys. I'm looking at the L.A. Wildcats and the New York Guardians. And I'm looking at the logos and I'm thinking, well, shouldn't the Wildcats have the Guardians logo since the Guardians <laughs> logo seems to be. A wildcat <laughs> or some sort of cougar like animal and the New York garden. I, I guess you could turn that LA and the NY and the wildcats into an NY to make that their logo. seems like they uh, got that one wrong. Um, I think the best of the bunch might be the St. Louis battle Hawks. Uh, that's a pretty badass logo too. Um, I don't know what the fuck Seattle has to do with dragons. Um, but apparently Vince McMahon thinks there's a lot to do with dragons. So uh, he got this uh, Game of Thrones, broke-ass Game of Thrones-looking logo for them. Um, The Tampa Bay Vipers, which uh, which I guess will be uh, coached by Randy Orton. Orton. (laughs) And and then there's the DC Defenders, who I guess they decided when they went with that name, uh, that sounds more like a, like a like a traditional European football name, mm-hmm. soccer as we call it in this country, and they kind of ripped off the whole DC United idea. So there's nothing original or like eye catching or eye grabbing about any of these. It seems like it was. It seems like the same like dated techniques to naming you know to branding a team that Vince McMahon used for the original XFL. And I really don't care about the XFL. What's coming? I think people need to just realize that football is not a global sport, so there aren't enough players to fill up another league like there are for other sports. You know, baseball is huge in Asia and and the Caribbean and South America. Soccer is huge around the world. Um, basketball is huge in South, as big in South America and Europe and in China too. Uh, hockey, of course, is big in Europe and ginormous in Canada. You know, football is pretty much big in America and parts of Europe, but even where it's popular in Europe, we're still, there's not developing players in Europe, you know, right. name me a football player, not from America. I'll wait. Oh, you got nothing because there are no football players, not from America. And this is why second, this is why leagues that aren't the NFL are always doomed to fail because at the end of the day, there is nothing worse than watching football with shitty football players. You know, football is a reason you didn't make it as a professional because you just weren't quite good enough, which, you know, that happens. But it's now there's nowhere else to go. And this is and this these eight teams are not going to do it. And they're all in cities that are huge sports cities already. Like, you know why the Oklahoma City Thunder works so well in the NBA? Because they're the only team in Oklahoma City. So it's the only team that market has to focus on. 
That's why football. I'm sorry, that's why soccer picked up really quick in Seattle and Portland because it's there's only one other team in Portland. There's only two other teams in Seattle as opposed right. to all four big sports teams represented. Dallas is a huge sports market. The Renegades are going to get lost in the mix. Houston is a huge sports market. So are the Roughnecks. Los Angeles is a ridiculously large sports market. So is New York. You know, there's these teams are going to get lost in in the mix, and they're not going to be able to compete with the actual professional teams. So these logos are probably going to be just as bad as the product on the field. And if the XFL makes it to a second season, it would be a miracle. That's all I got to say about that. Well, let me ask you this. So Vince McMahon's whole purpose behind introducing the XFL is to give people, football fans, um, off-season football to still be able to watch. Now, I know that... Uh, a football league attempted this a long time ago. I believe that was the AFL. Am I making that up? Jeez, what was that questioning? I lost you for a second. Uh, I, I believe there was another football promotion that attempted to uh, attempted to produce off-season football. The AFL. Yeah, uh, yeah. You're thinking of the USFL. USFL. Which is what? Yes. Yes. Which is what? Uh, which is what? A current WWE fall, uh, Hall of Famer and current president of the United States, Donald Trump, was a, a big investor in that league in the 1980s. But yes, that league um, didn't even last an entire season because they didn't have enough money to pay all the players. Yeah, no, and that's. I mean, we even just recently had the a, the Alliance of American Football, which could have get through a season because they couldn't pay players. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only been one league ever to go to toe to toe with the NFL, and that was who you just said before, the original AFL from the 1960s, and they did so well that they started beating NFL teams, and mm-hmm. they could pay their players, and that's when the NFL had the that's when the what we call the merger happened in the late sixties and early seventies when the AFL merged into the NFL and they were split into conferences. And that's kind of where you have more modern football as we know it today was born. Um, you said made a big deal. Most of these, they're not good. How do they get to pay the players? Right. Football's a tough game. You, you shouldn't be doing it for cheap. Guys well, who play football usually end up off CTE and all fucked up in the head by the time they're in their forties and fifties. So they should be at least very least have someone, but they're not going it, to, it's a moot point because they're, they're not going to sell out games. It's going to be a half empty giant stadium. It's going to be a half empty uh, century link field. It's going to be a half empty Reliance stadium. I'm assuming that's where they're playing their games in the, in the NFL stadiums it, and half empty is being generous. Like these guys aren't going to have, they're just not going to make enough revenue to survive because nobody gives a fuck about football outside the NFL and nobody really ever fucking will. Nobody likes football that much that they're going to watch a shitty inferior league, like attempt, like just bumble their way through games because that was the biggest problem. In the XFL, the games were boring as shit because the players weren't that fucking good. He hate me though, but they did have, he hate me. Yeah, he hate me. He got himself a name and became a third string running back with the Eagles for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> we're always interested to see what's going to happen with XFL. The inaugural season will kick off on Saturday, February 8th and Sunday, February 9th of 2020. Uh, we'll be able to see XFL on air on ABC, Fox, ESPN, ESPN2, and FS1. So, once the season starts, is, I, Doc will be more than happy to bring all of you uh, XFL coverage since he loves XFL so much and is such a huge football fan. <laughs> I'm a huge football fan. I can <laughs> give you that much. 
<laughs> I can't believe how many <clears throat> broadcasting partners they have. I'm kind of impressed yeah. by that. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely yeah, going to be – It's going to be more I, eyes on the product because they're going to be accessible on – like you said, so many – so many, uh, so many television. It's just videos. impressive. Mm-hmm. It's just impressive how like much Vince McMahon was has been able to trick uh, television executives into thinking people are going to watch one of his products. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I got to give McMahon credit where credits due. Well, we're <laughs> going to talk about another Vince McMahon product or WWE product of some sorts that that uh, does have a new TV deal as well. But before we get to that, Doc, I I have to talk about this with you because you gave me some fucking great content for today's episode. Oh, man. So, fam, a couple nights ago when it was announced that Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins got engaged, I hit up the Fourth Wall WrestleCast group chat, which consists of myself, Doc, Smarky, and Miss Bootiesworth. So <clears throat> I let everyone know, hey, guys, Be- Be- uh, Becky and Seth got engaged. Doc's response was, who cares I'm drunk. I bet I burn it down better than Rollins. But that's not all, though. That's not all. Miss Booty's worth chimes in with a face palm emoji, and Doc goes, "Yup, that's exactly what Becky would say." Vince is probably making Seth marry Becky. He's probably going to have yet another stupid nickname for his engagement. So these are Doc's <laughs> nicknames for the engagement. We have the Mick Slayer, the Ginger Slayer, the Man Slayer. And then he says, I bet Seth doesn't even listen to Slayer. <laughs> <clears throat> I, I popped. I popped when I read that one. And then oh, out man. of nowhere and goes, if Becky was a real man, she'd be with Adam Cole, baby. A grown ass man. I must have been. Well, I think I was watching NXT at the time. I don't know where that came, that came from out. or what happened. I think I was watching something, some sort of NXT thing <clears> or something with Adam Cole, or maybe I just read about him on the news or something. I was like, yeah, Adam Cole, he's a real man. I mean, <laughs> dude, this, where is, Evan Seth, this is priceless shit. Evan Seth and been dating for like, like, like three months or something. Yeah. Well, we've only known about it since right before WrestleMania. Okay, so that's We don't what, know wait, if it was a relationship wait, even prior to that. It's like four or five months. Yeah, I'm sure there was something beforehand. Mm-hmm. Just seems seems very rushed. Mm-hmm. I hope they're doing the right thing. They know what they're doing. Right. No. I And I, first of all, for, for real, sorry, congratulations to them. That's obviously a nice big life goal. Um, the, the whole, I, 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 I was so left so bitter by the Seth mm-hmm. Becky thing on like yeah. TV and just how like, they just crushed Seth Rollins for, you know, yep. a good part of his title reign because they just made him look like such a little bitch next to Becky. Yeah. And I don't know, I just, it kind of, I, I, you know, Seth's champion again. And I enjoyed Seth. I enjoyed Seth on Raw this week. And I kind of think they're they're going about it the right way now that Heyman's in charge now. Seth is a double champion now because he also is one oh, of the Raw Tag Team yeah, champions. Right, right, that's right. Yes, <clears throat> that whole debacle. This is the second time Seth's been a double champion. Seth was the WWE champion when he was feuding with uh, John Cena and Sting, and he also held the United States Championship. Oh, shit, man. I forgot about it. I forgot about that. You're absolutely right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So now he's going to be the champ. He's going to be the champion slayer now. The champion. 
So, <laughs> fam, I, I want to pose a question to you. Actually, Doc wants to pose a question to you. Who wins in a fight? Adam Cole, Seth Rollins, or Doc Haas? We're going to post a Twitter poll, and we're going to keep it up until next week's episode, which will be our inaugural episode 40. Mm. And we want to see what the fam has to say about that. Um, oh, but by the way, there is a little, a little caveat here. Doc will have uh, myself, Bones, in his corner, and a steel chair. You know why? And Because... <laughs> Because I know Seth Rollins is going to fucking happen. <laughs> attitude error bitches. Attitude era, bitches. <laughs> that was what you saw. I'm reading the screenshot right here. <laughs> and then well, one last thing. Doc versus Seth Rollins. Winner takes the belt and Becky. Undisputed Haas. Fucking priceless right there. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't if I didn't read this conversation on, on air this week, Doc. So thank uh, you so much one. for that content. Of course. <clears throat> Can you get drunk mid, more often? A little midweek mid pick-me-up for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so you were definitely feeling good the other night. Yeah, it was definitely a midweek pick-me-up for me. <laughs> oh, my God. Loved it. All right, Doc. Uh, but anyway, like I said earlier, Vince McMahon does have another program uh, moving to a uh, new television deal. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk to you about... Smarky's take on it, and I want to see uh, if you agree or disagree. So, fam, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after these words. What's up, guys? This is Mr. Monday Morning Mance Chapel inviting you to join me every Monday morning for the Gift of Podcast. I'll give you thoughts on today's wrestling, but I'll also hop in the Wayback Machine and we'll take a look at wrestling's past. And my God, sometimes it gets ugly. Don't take my word for it. Come hear it for yourself every Monday morning on Wrestle Addict Radio. This is the Gift of Podcast. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Nate the F and Great from the Game Changer Podcast. Get ready for a war because you're listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. The Wednesday night wars are approaching. They are. Or, or are they? No, they are. I think I, I, I know Sparky thinks it's a work, but... I'm going to tell you, and there's just no way. There's too much liability for two companies to work like that with each other. There's too much liability. There's too much money on the line. There's huge TV deals on the line. Like, I just, I can't imagine a world where Vince McMahon is going to rely on essentially a startup to grow his brand. And I just don't think Vince... I think Vince is too arrogant to ever do... I don't think arrogant is the right word. I don't think Vince would just ever do that. Like, Vince is cares about WWE and only WWE. Like, why would he try to do anything that helps guys who are actively against this product that goes against every business practice ever? But why did Vince McMahon help to fund Paul Heyman and ECW? Remember that? Back during the Monday Night Wars, before they bought him out, Vince McMahon was helping to fund Heyman and ECW. Maybe back then you could say that ECW helped compete against WCW, and they also had a working relationship with each other. Like, I think when ECW started, it wasn't meant to be direct competition to WWE. I mean, 
it was meant to almost, you know, hopefully, like you said, like for a working relationship was probably a goal for ECW to have a working relationship with one of the two major promotions. Like AEW is not looking to go in as like a local indie promotion. Like their goal isn't local indie. So they're not going to try and partner up with the big boys of the wrestling community to help their name grow, whether it's financial or whatever. Like AEW already has the money they need. And they're trying to become a big brand. You don't get a deal with TNT and a weekly live TV show if you're not looking to be a big boy in the industry. I just, I don't see how this could possibly be a work. I think that's like wishful thinking. Well, let's think back to the actual Monday Night Wars. I mean, we were lucky enough to live through it. We were lucky enough to, to watch it all start off and then end with WWE coming out on top. We were two of the guys that were flipping back and forth every Monday, Nitro to Raw, every Thursday, SmackDown to Thunder. You know, we were the ones who did that. Back then, though, that happened over the span of years, over, well, more than 83 weeks, but there was a big, you know, span of 83 weeks where the competition was up. But let's think about, hold on, where, where those wars began. Those wars began because of ratings it was a ratings war now this is the question that i posed to smarky if the monday night wars was revolved around tv ratings do we think that the tv ratings is going to have a lot to do with these wednesday night wars that are now approaching us because nowadays how many people actually watch wrestling live now with the days of dvr and streaming services and youtube We've talked about this before. I don't watch Raw and SmackDown live at all, ever. I always DVR it. So I know me, single-handedly, I'm affecting Raw and SmackDown's TV ratings each week because that one person is not watching them live. Now you're going to have NXT, you're going to have AEW going head-to-head on Wednesdays. Are we actually going to have a live audience uh, who are watching from home? Do you think the ratings is going to have a lot to do with this? Or is it more of a popularity contest? No, I think if the product's enticing and good enough and and, and it creates buzz, then yes, you're going to have a ratings war. Like, Raw and Nitro created buzz in in the mid-90s. That's why it was a ratings war. It became more important to watch Raw and Nitro than it did to watch Monday Night Football or than it did to watch any sitcom that would be aired on Fox or NBC that night. Like, wrestling was the cool thing. If wrestling becomes that cool it thing because of NXT on on uh, NBC or USA, what was it USA, right? USA, right? It's right. gonna be NXT, mm-hmm. yeah. Because NXT on USA or AEW on on TNT, then yes, ratings are really going to matter. There's gonna be the nostalgic wrestling fan like you and I who are looking forward to having an opportunity to do that again, even though Flip I work till like fourth, right? You know I work till like midnight on Wednesdays. That's gonna be the biggest problem for me. Wednesdays is a shitty night, it's my busiest night of the week teaching. Right. You know, but at the same time, I'm still gonna watch and I'm still gonna pay attention to everything. And yes, like the, the buzz created by things and just the popularity contest is gonna be, I guess the winner it'll show you who's coming to live events. You know, how are the shows being viewed on television? How, who, who are, when people are going to stream, what are they going to first? What, who's getting more streams? That's going to be a big thing. Right. And, you know, honestly, you know, for, it's going to take, you know, just some big moments. I really think like the rivalry between WCW and WWF really heated up when Hulk Hogan 
joined WCW. Right. That's when like it started and the Nitro started, and that's when it started to get real. And uh, by 1996, with the NWO starting, that was a huge buzzworthy legendary wrestling industry moment so i think the first company really maybe to produce that moment right that birth of the nwo that dx driving a tank to nitro moment like when we start seeing that stuff then we'll start seeing who's winning the war you know because and the fans are going to decide who wins right just like the fans decided who won the monday night wars right yeah now uh, I definitely think AEW is doing a better job of of getting eyes on their product, especially uh, over the the recent weeks. I don't know if you've caught them, but uh, they're actually producing some infomercials, info style commercials about AEW coming to TNT on TNT right. television. You know, you could be watching Star Wars on TNT, and all of a sudden, a commercial comes up for AEW. Or they have like the little banners that pop up in the bottom right corner of the screen during a show you're watching. So they're already been promoting and advertising their their television show weeks weeks in advance. So, and they're using people like Chris Jericho, Cody Rhodes, John Moxley to be shown in these images because those are the ones right. that people are more familiar with. Wrestling fans are more familiar with with those those faces. Now, yeah, and that's <clears throat> just a comment on that point. That's mm-hmm. gonna hurt. I think at WWE a little bit because NXT is their development brand. So they don't have mainstream faces down there to do that yet. Like the AEW does with Jericho. Right. That leads me to my other point. Do you think when NXT comes to USA, it's going to become a third brand and are we going to see more main roster stars going to NXT to help bring (sighs) that draw? I think, I don't know if you're going to see more main roster. I mean, yet you'll see some like, appearances now and again maybe maybe Seth Rollins comes down for an appearance maybe Finn Balor comes down for an appearance maybe Shawn Michaels and Triple H make some appearances on the show in the early in the early episodes to kind of get some buzz going around it but at the end of the day I think NXT is going to have to take who they have now the Johnny Gargano's the Adam Cole's the Velveteen Dreams the um not the ricochets, the the Keith Lee's and all those guys, you know, all these guys, whenever, you know, when they're obviously when they're all a hundred percent, you know, clicking, they need to make those guys, the stars, right. you know, eventually that's what NXT is going to have to, it might not make sense to bring Roman Reigns to NXT, but it might make sense to make like Dijak, the next Roman, the Roman Reigns of NXT, you know, just him for an example. Right. And I think, but you say if you're going to see anything, you'll see Triple H. You'll see Shawn Michaels. You know, Lord help us if we have to see Shane McMahon. <laughs> Shane McMahon could be the manager of the Undisputed Era. Shut up. <laughs> anyway, so with NXT moving to USA, I pose this question to Smarky as well, and this is what I'm worried about: Is Vince McMahon going to have his thumb? on the NXT brand once it moves to USA, because now it's on the USA Network, but it's still going to be coming to us live from Full Sail University, which is a smaller arena, only 800 seats. They don't have the big big overdone Titantron screen with all the pyro and the fireworks and the this and the that and the lights. It's not going to be the same production level as a Raw or SmackDown, which guys like us, we appreciate... The, the NXT, the house show feel of NXT shows and the takeovers. 
But once it moves to USA, is Vince going to have his thumbprint on it? And is he going to now turn uh, NXT into the SmackDown yellow brand? Well, that'd be a terrible idea because NXT needs to be its own brand distinct amongst itself. I think part of the reason they brought in Heyman and Bischoff to run Raw and SmackDown is to give each show its own distinct flavor. Its own identity. So to take, yeah, its own identity. And and to take NXT and give it a Raw identity would, yes, it would absolutely ruin NXT. Yeah. NXT's audience prefers a presentation like AEW is going to do, like Billy Corgan wants to do with the NWA TV tapings. That's what the WWE NXT fan base wants to see. They're there to watch wrestling, common sense storytelling and wrestling. They're not looking for, you know, the Mike and Maria stuff. We're not looking for the soap opera shit. We're looking for, you know, something that's a little more similar to like, you know, the build of a UFC fight. Right. Yeah. And, I think that's where wrestling's going in general as an industry. And hopefully if Vince keeps his grub, little grubby hands off of NXT, NXT will have a chance to actually develop into the the most watched brand. On That's what I think is going to happen. If he doesn't touch NXT, NXT is going to wind up being the most watched brand of the three shows. And either that's going to be a wake-up call for Vince or he's going to get pouty and pissy and start running the show down there himself just to prove a point. Right. I think yeah. it could go either way with Vince. I think it really could. He's such a he's such a fucking wild card. I'm hoping that with the XFL coming up, I hope Vince just takes takes control of XFL and allows Heyman, Bischoff, and Triple H to run the three WWE brands and let them do the things. What Triple H has done with NXT and is doing is working, and he needs to not change anything. Okay, I yeah. I personally want NXT to just go to USA and continue the momentum they've had and not change anything. Don't change the production. Don't change the storylines. Don't change uh, the, your roster. Oh. Keep it as is and just continue it as as it's going. Yep. I'm a genius. Now, I also think that NXT moving to USA is not so much a reactionary thing to AEW because I feel like they were already in talks of bringing NXT to USA. Because I believe it was earlier this year, maybe even the end of last year. No, you know what? I think it was around Super Bowl. NXT did air one night, one Wednesday on USA. It was like a little trial period. It was one night they were on. Really? They were on USA. I never never knew that. I just, I always just watch it on the network and don't even, I don't have cable, so. Right. You know, so, my, yeah. my life in wrestling revolves around Hulu, the network, and around illegal streaming. streams from Japan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this whole move to USA was definitely in talks. I do think it, the time of it got pushed up because of AEW coming to TV. Because, I mean, hey, we're going to move NXT to USA two weeks before AEW premieres on TNT. Okay. Smart move, by the way. Yeah, That's smart move. Definitely a smart move. Yeah. And, you know, shots have already been fired between the two companies so th- this makes sense but i definitely think that it was already in talks uh, with usa for a while to bring nxt to tv which is a, you know and congratulations to triple h triple h took this ridiculous reality like game show style oh, of NXT show and turned it so into bad. what it is now i mean yeah. what did we get good out of the old school nxt we have Dan- D- daniel bryan the shield the shield yeah I, mean, I guess the Shield were an old school NXT. They were FCW. FCW, right? We did have. It's the funny. Nexus. I look. I look at FCW as more the precursor to modern NXT yes. than the actual show NXT. Yeah, I've always looked at like those FCW years as mm-hmm. like 
that's what that's where NXT started, as far right. as I'm concerned. Right. And they started on the shoulders of Rollins and Roman and Ambrose. So that's 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 the real beginning of NXT. Let's not, let's not kid ourselves here. Right. And you know what, man? And, and to go back to the work thing, it can't be a work. Because what's going to make this inciting is the competition, and the comp- competition's only exciting if you don't know, if you don't plan it. You know, like why are sporting events exciting? Because competition's exciting. What makes it exciting? The competition. You don't know what's going to happen next. Right. If you're planning everything as a work, you always know what's going to happen next. The commentators always going to know what's happened next. The fans are always going to start being able to predict what happens next. So it's just no way they, they they know the inner workings of their promotions like that. Vince does not know what Cody's doing, and Cody does not know what Vince is doing. But at the end it's of the day, it, and it, it's going to work better that way that they don't know what they're doing. Right. But at the end of the day, if it is a work, controversy creates cash. So let's look at the businessman. Okay, the businessman behind this right now is Vince McMahon, and I'm going to say Tony Khan on the AEW side. They are doing business right now. So if there is any kind of relationship between the two or if there is any kind of agreement between what the two shows are doing simultaneously on Wednesday nights, controversy creates cash. I mean, I want to bring up this point. When we saw the Monday Night Wars, we saw it organically evolve over years, okay? AEW has been a thing for only a few short months, beginning of this year. And shots have been fired on multiple occasions. Let's go to Double or Nothing. Let's go to Cody Rhodes smashing the throne. That obviously right. was a Triple H throne. Let's go yeah, to John, that's, that's John Oxley's interview on Jericho's podcast. Let's talk about Jericho throwing shade at WWE and NXT. You know Jericho was interviewed on Busted Open Radio, and he said he doesn't care about NXT. In his opinion, NXT is the minor leagues. I mean, it's nothing to him. That... When I heard him say that, I was like, holy shit, someone of Jericho's stature just downplayed everything that's happening in NXT and what those stars are doing. No, he did, but that's that's going to continue to happen. You didn't see Eric Bischoff talking about, you know, how great Bret Hart's title reign was were during the Monday Night Wars. Like it's 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 you're not going to you I mean you'd see them take jabs. You know, every now, every, both shows are going to take jabs at each other. <clears throat> but what happened when Eric Bischoff tried to make it too real? When he went on TV and he announced that Mankind was going to win the title, because it was already pre-recorded, he tried to make it too real, and that's what crushed the Monday Night Wars. Right. That was that was the death blow when he when he tried to make it seem like everybody was in on it. Right. When he tried to make it seem like that, yeah, I'm in on I'm in on what's going on. I'm going to have ruined the service. It's just not feasible for two competing companies to do this. It's a silly conversation. There is just no possible way. Yes, AEW is is trying to break some ground by taking shots at WWE publicly because that was always the note. I was like, oh, you don't take many public shots at your competition. Blah, 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 blah. And AEW probably should not be focusing on what WWE is doing so much. You know, What made WCW so good was that they were giving something different than WWE, and that's what AEW is doing different now. So why would Vince McMahon ever agree to not be the the the, the, um, the groundbreaker in where wrestling's going? Why would he ever step aside? Like, you know what, you guys, Cody, you see where it's going. So you got this, dog. Go ahead. 
You could have all you could have all the, the Vince McMahon. He is an arrogant man. He wants to be the best. He wants to be known as the guy who changed everything. He wants to be known as the greatest wrestling promoter ever. He would never share the spotlight with well, another promotion. Here's ever. The thing. I think no matter what ever. at this point, Vince McMahon is the greatest wrestling promoter of all time. But <clears throat> going back to your question, why would Vince McMahon go, Oh, you know what, Cody, go ahead. Do this with your own promotion and I'll help you. I'll help you build uh, all elite wrestling. You know, uh, I think, and I, and I tend to agree with Smarky, it's because of the relationship the Rhodes family and the McMahons had uh, back when Dusty was still alive. Let's, let's not forget, Dusty Rhodes had a lot to do with NXT, had a lot to do with the growth of NXT. What does that have to do with AEW? Because Cody Rhodes and because Dustin Rhodes are huge figures in AEW. I'm not saying oh, this is okay. all true, but you, you could look at it that way. Because now you have Cody Rhodes throwing shots at WWE and NXT. But that's his father's baby. Like it was, Dusty Rhodes and Triple H and Matt Bloom single-handedly grew NXT to what it is today. I get that. But if, if Vince said, hey, Cody, go ahead and do this and I'll get AEW going, then why is Tony Khan involved? Because Vince like explain me why also. they needed to have their own funding. There's just no WWE is not. There's no way Vince is funding AEW. That's not possible. Was, he would uh, never fund direct. Like, <clears throat> his whole goal as a wrestling promoter has been to crush every single promotion. When he took over from his dad, his first goal was to destroy the territory system, and he did. <clears throat> and then his second goal was to take down his old his old guard that moved to WCW, and he did. And he did it by being smarter than those guys in the long run, you know. And eventually, finally, listening to his audience and giving his audience what they want. Right. You know, I think that AEW is going to force WWE to catch up. And then in that point, we'll see if their money machine takes over again like they did last time. There's just no way I could ever see Vince McMahon endorsing anything that's not his baby. Mm-hmm. I think he was all cool with Cody Rhodes going on his own. I think he respected Cody Rhodes going on his own. I think he still does respect Cody Rhodes going on his own and doing this. But, I mean, and I don't, th- I don't think there's a vile or level of hatred like, you know, between you know, Vince and Cody Rhodes. Not at all. Right. Or Triple H and Cody Rhodes. I'm sure they're all cool with each other, you know, outside of there. But it doesn't mean they're funding each other. They both know that that their existence is best for each other's business. And I think that's where any sort of somewhat relationship ends. Vince knows that AEW being around is going to help WWE. And then Cody knows that WWE is going to help grow AEW because it's just, you know, he, they both. I, Cody's identified a part of the wrestling market that hasn't been touched by Vince McMahon outside of NXT. Right. That's that's and that's where Vince McMahon is going to start waking up, and that's why I think NXT is moving directly against AEW, and that's why I think you're just going to see you're going to see some really good wrestling, but you're not going to see wrestling where they're in cahoots with each other. That's just there's so much there's so much that can be muffed up and muddled in that. It's just you can't rely on you can't you can't as a businessman you can't rely on another business to affect to help to, you can't rely on another business for your bottom line. Does that makes sense. It, it makes sense. That's, I I don't. I'm not saying I agree that it's a work. I'm not saying I disagree with the work. But it's very interesting to to discuss. It's a very interesting way of looking at it. When Smarky told me that on the phone a couple nights ago, I, I didn't even. Last thing I thought of was this whole thing was a work. And he's the first person to even 
think that it could be. When he started giving me his reasons, I'm like, okay, I could see your points of view. So it's very interesting to talk about. A dipshit thinks everything's a work. This is why I wish you guys were both here to record together because I wanted to hear you. Well, he ran away. He was, yeah, he's, he's scared of me calling him a dipshit. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's all the time we have for today, folks. So if this is your first time tuning in, Thank you for listening to our special two-part episode 39 of the 4th Wall WrestleCast. If you've enjoyed the show and want to show your support, you can do so by following us on all social media. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at 4th WallCast. That's the number 4, T-H-W-A-L-L-C-A-S-T. You can find the rest of the team at J.C. Bones, at Dr. Haas, 4WC, at Johnny Smarksalot, and be sure to give our social media ambassador, Jesse J, a follow at Miss Bootiesworth. Looking for even more kayfabe? Well, you can receive even more exclusive content for your kayfabe consumption by simply going to the Wrestle Addict Radio Patreon page at patreon.com slash wrestleaddictradio, where for as low as $5 a month, you can receive content from all of the war personalities, as well as access to the exclusive war Patreon group chat, merchandise discounts, rewards, and so much more. Now that's patreon.com slash Wrestle Addict Radio. Come show your support and join the fam. If you've enjoyed the entire fourth wall experience, please be sure to tell all your friends to like, share, subscribe, and join our Patreon and help this thing grow and grow and continue to be the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Once again, we are the fourth wall WrestleCast and we are here to keep wrestling real goodbye and good night this is what we came to say the forces that fear on our side the truth is something you can't hide give us what we came for give us what we came for on the right side of history when we first came with the unity give us what we came for this is what we came to say Sounds good, man. Peace, dude. Later.